little sense of deja vu coming up this afternoon when there's going to be a COVID-19 health briefing. Yes, we're getting one of those. And Vaughn Palmer joins us now to talk more about it. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. So what's going on? Well, first of all, COVID is still with us, even though a lot of us are pretending it isn't and that it's gone and that it's history. I think that's the first thing. Uh, Second thing is we're going back to the schools and they want to talk about precautions in the schools because some of the safety measures that were there in the past aren't there anymore. And the other thing is to launch a fall get vaccinated campaign. The uh, British Columbia vaccination rates have been falling off. There's a new booster available, a new vaccine available, and they want to start selling it to us and get us all out and get our vaccinations updated. Okay, let's talk about that vaccine, though, because it's not the one, perhaps, that people are reading about in the news. Yeah, no, so I I was looking back, actually, at our last briefing on this. So way back on July 8th, we got briefed about vaccination. We got an update, and one of the things they told us then was they hoped there'd be a vaccine available in the fall that would deal with Omicron, the uh, variant of COVID-19 that struck, I guess that's the right word, invaded uh, late last year. And they told us that there was a variant of Omicron called the BA5, which was already taking over as the most infectious variant in uh, Canada and British Columbia in the world. So they were hoping we'd have a vaccine to deal with that. Well, we are getting a new vaccine, but it is not the one we're getting here in British Columbia in Canada. It is not tailored to dealing with that variant. It is tailored to dealing with an earlier variant, the B1, BA1. Well, the latest stats, Simi, 85% of the cases are the variant number five. Only a, hmm, less than a percent now are one because, you know, the way it works with COVID-19 is each new variant that comes along thrives only if right. it's more effective than if it, more effective from a, uh, a virus point of view than the previous. So, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see what they say to us today, Simi, because we're going all in at the moment on a vaccine that's designed for an earlier variant. But the Americans, because of the way they went about this, they asked for a vaccine to deal with the far more infectious variant, the B5, and they got it, and they've started administering it. So south of the border, they're getting a vaccine specifically tailored for the variant that is ravaging us at the moment, And here in Canada, we're getting the old model, I guess you'd say, not the latest. We may get it later this year. The Americans have already got it. They've bought up all the supplies, and they're distributing them starting Mm. on the long weekend. It's already become tough enough to convince people to get another shot, right? Especially for parents and school students. It is. uh, As uh, Richard Zussman noted in his report uh, uh, last evening, and again, it's on the NW News this morning, you know, we have one of the lowest school vaccination rates in the country. So, you know, the message from the B.C. government and especially Premier John Horgan has always been we're doing better than everywhere else. We're just better than everywhere else. And, you know, I always wonder how many of those victory laps that he's taken and claimed 
actually led British Columbians, you know, to not be so worried. I wonder if he'd been more alarmist and less inclined to take credit uh, for accomplishments. We might have a better vaccination rate. Um, Our school rate is not very good. And they're going to do a new ad campaign designed to improve it. And good luck to them. And I hope they succeed. Uh, But we're not great there. Um, Death rate. You wouldn't know it from the kind of non-messaging we're getting from the government. But the death rate from COVID-19 in British Columbia this past summer was double what it was last year. And there have been, of course, as well, Simi, as you know, reports that all kinds of cases of COVID-19 aren't even being reported. I mean, I had it. My case wasn't reported. I didn't see a doctor. I had a mild case. So it's a lot more prevalent out there than the messaging from our government would tend to indicate. And what, what is the thinking behind that, do you think, Vaughn? I think it's political. I really do. I think it goes back to the first few months of COVID-19 when the government just you know, uh, let everybody think we were doing better than everywhere else. It was partly luck. Uh, it was partly circumstances. It was partly underreporting of the data. And they've just ridden that horse ever since. That, that's how the New Democrats got themselves reelected. You know, they called an election in the middle of the pandemic, uh, didn't make a big deal of the fact that already during the campaign, uh, there was a second wave uh, spreading in B.C., And they've stuck to that messaging ever since. It's a great message politically. It's wonderfully reassuring. It turns BC's uh, health officials into superstars and the public, you can't, they can do no wrong. And people get mad at you in the media if you dare to criticize them. But, but from the point of view of alarming the public and getting them vaccinated, it's, it's counterproductive in my view. And so it really just goes all back to that, I guess. I mean, I think it does. and yet nothing has really changed this past summer. You're right about the messaging uh, and it didn't really ramp up for school. And I thought I kept thinking all summer long, oh, it'll ramp up for, you know, when kids are going back you to know, school. You're right. So, I mean, you see it even. I just looked at the press release we got announcing this, the, the approval of the new variant, right? This is a, a release from the provincial health ministry. You look at it and they say, this is great. This new vaccine is designed to deal with Omicron. Missing from the press release is any acknowledgement that, oh, by the way, it is specifically tailored for an earlier variant of Omicron that is no longer prevalent. It is not tailored the way the American one is, to the, the variant that is in fact accounting for 85% of our cases in Canada and in British Columbia. So the messaging continues, uh, you know, and it, it's particularly frustrating because the another thing this government tells us all the time is that they're open and transparent despite the many, many, many examples that every person who covers this knows of examples where they haven't been open and transparent. Politically, they've gotten away with it, Simi, but I think the consequences are evident in the challenge they face persuading British Columbians to get vaccinated and to get their kids vaccinated. Okay, and so today we expect to hear more about that, about the rollout. Do you think it's going to be like the way we've done it before? Uh, Well, it's the same setup. Uh, you know, the, the one that uh, a lot of reporters find frustrating, you know, you phone in uh, one question and one follow up. And if they manage to duck the question twice, you don't get to go back at it again. So, again, that's a limitation imposed initially by the reality of the pandemic. None of us were going to be going to press conferences. 
it continues. Uh, we'll see whether, you know, they're any more open and transparent than they've been in the past. I have my doubts. All right. So that's coming up this afternoon at two. Also, on a completely different note, though, Vaughn, <laughs> where did this come from? You found the fast ferries. Yeah, the fast ferries have been located again. Uh, so a British Columbian who's involved in the marine industry uh, is sailing into the harbor in, in Alexandria, Egypt, a little while ago. And he spots something very familiar on the waterfront, snaps a picture of it. Sure enough, it's two of the old fast ferries from the 1990s. He uh, turned the pictures and a little note into the coastal reporter on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, he says they don't look to be in very good shape. Wonders if they aren't basically scrap. They have been sitting there for a long time. Uh, a few years ago, somebody else spotted them there and reported it. So every now and then, a British Columbian, uh, if you want to see them, we paid for them. There they are on the waterfront in Egypt, of all places. I, they I so they were questions. sold in auction way back 20 years ago, almost now. Uh, a Vancouver-based shipyard that built them, the Washington Group, kept them around for a while, tried to develop them as uh, a service in British Columbia, finally concluded it wasn't workable. They sold them to a firm in the Middle East that specialized in building giga yachts, giant yachts. We thought they might resurface as a, you know, a, a super luxury yacht. But apparently that didn't work out because the government of Abu Dhabi that had them uh, gave them to Egypt. And that's where they've sat ever since. Egypt. Oh, Egypt. man. The story. Hey, that you know, was... I love this guy who found them, Michael Fien. He, he says, yeah, it might have come in handy with all the shortages on BC ferries right now. They might be slow, but at least they would cross the strait. Uh, very funny. But hey, George, Joy McPhail, the new head of uh, BC ferries, uh, her fingerprints are all over the project back in the 1990s. So, hey, Joy, here they are. I'm sure <laughs> Welcome you back. should pick them up for a song, I figure. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting there waiting for you. Oh, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye. That's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.